Chapman University, where big ideas are born. We strive to become multidimensional, original thinkers. The kind of people who flourish in a challenging world. The kind of people who rise to every occasion. The kind of people who can accomplish anything imaginable. Welcome to Chapman Chats. This is a time for you to explore your options and do research on what different colleges and universities have to offer. We hope you can tune in to learn more about who we are at Chapman and get some general tips on the college search and application process. Hi everyone, it's Tuesday, June 15th, and we are recording Chapman Chats remotely. My name is Tanaz Norian and I will be your host today. On this season of Chapman Chats, we will be highlighting some of the awesome courses that we offer here at Chapman. With that said, I'm very excited to introduce our two guests today, Professor Aldridge and Dr. Threet. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited to learn more about each of you along with the courses that you teach. So I will start it off with Professor Aldridge. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here uh, and be able to have this conversation this afternoon. Uh, as was mentioned, my name is Professor Leah Aldridge, and I am uh, new to the Chapman community. I just completed my first full year as faculty in the Dodge College of Media, excuse me, the Dodge College of Film and Media Arts. I teach in the screenwriting program as well as the film and media studies program, and I am just really happy to be finally doing what I've worked a really long time to be able to do, which is be a teacher, a faculty member. So I'm very happy. Well, we are so excited to have you with us today and have you a part of the Chapman family. Dr. Three, thank you for being here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, again, thanks for the invitation. We love talking to students in the community. Um, so again, I'm Dr. Carissa Threet. I am a third year, so this is my end of my third year at Chapman University, where I teach uh, in the Department of History. I teach undergraduate courses in U.S. and African-American history, amongst other, but I also teach in the War and Society program, which is our graduate course and uh, a master's in War and Society. So I'm excited to get this conversation started. Awesome. So, Dr. Three, I'm going to start off with you really quickly. Feel free to tell us a little bit about your educational background, where you went to school, and how you ultimately ended up at Chapman. Oh, that's a big question. Um, but it's a great question. I think that uh, my journey as an academic is uh, insightful in that it shows you that you should just open the doors up to going anywhere and trying new things. So I did my undergraduate at the University of California, Santa Barbara, where I was originally a double major in history and marine biology, but uh, quickly dropped the marine biology major uh, so I can dedicate myself to history. And then I took a year off, a kind of a gap year after my undergraduate, uh, and then got a master's degree at the University of Louisiana Lafayette um, in uh, U.S. history and U.S. foreign policy, and then went ahead and went on to a Ph.D. program at the University of Iowa, where I focused on uh, 20th century U.S. history and African-American history and among other things as well. So my journey is taking me kind of all over the country um, as a uh as a learner, lifelong learner. And um, I had a few different jobs before I got to um, Chapman University. I was, uh, my first job was in the Northeast at a big, bigger research one institution. And then I was at a small liberal arts college um, in Atlanta, Georgia for five years. And then this opportunity for Chapman um, really was opened up. I um, was attracted to Chapman largely because of its War and Society program, as a master's level program, and the work that I'm doing on um, World, War, World War II, War and Society, African American history as it relates to civil rights and wartime and military history as well. So it was something that uh, kind of the, the stars aligned that there was a job opening in War and Society. I'm also, I grew up in Southern California, so Chapman University's um, location in Southern California was also an opportunity for me to come back to Southern California as well. So there was a lot of things going for Chapman um, that made it attractive for somebody like me. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being here and shedding light and insight on your educational journey. Um, Professor Aldridge, can you shed light on how you found your way to Chapman and a little bit about your educational experience as well? Yes. 
like Dr. Threet, it is a big question to answer, but I will do my best to be succinct. I have always loved school, always loved school. I was one of those kids that uh, I'm originally from Chicago, the south side of Chicago, and it gets really cold here in the winter times. And sometimes you have snow days and schools shut down and because you just can't, it's just not uh, hospitable to, uh, you know, um, uh, life forms and so on. So I was one of those kids that would cry when we couldn't go to school. I don't know what that means, but um, I've I've I just looked at it look at that as kind of like my 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 interest and passion has always been around school. I uh, moved to Southern California, Los Angeles, um, several decades ago. I won't identify exactly how many because it's been a lot. Um, but I uh, I started at um, a local community college, Santa Monica College. Love Santa Monica College, SMC. And uh, had no idea where the path was going to go or what I was going to do. All I knew was my mom said, you're going to school. And that was it. It was you going to college. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to college. Uh, and so I started at SMC and transferred from there to Cal State Long Beach. And as I spent more time in college, I was like figuring it out and thought, oh, gee, you know, I, I kind of like... Um, movies and television and I think I'd like to do production. I didn't know that that was something you could go to college for. Um, and so while I was at Cal State Long Beach, I found, about a, found out about the program at the University of Southern California. So I transferred there, got into the university, but not into the film school. Boo, but that's okay. I, uh, I, was in, I had been in uh, an undergrad for a really long time. And I said, I just need an easy major. Just give me an, an any old easy major because it's time for me to graduate. I just need to get out of school. And I said, I know I'll, I'll be an English major. English should be easy, right? I mean, English is my first language. No problem. Ha! Huh. <laughs> uh, but what I discovered was there was a lot of reading and a lot of writing. Uh, but after a couple of years, I graduated with my bachelor's degree from the University of Southern California in English literature, creative writing, where the faculty there were very encouraging. And, um, you know, it's interesting how a, a teacher can make a difference in the way in which you think about yourself and the kinds of uh, choices that you'll make about your own uh, education and career. And I had faculty there that said, hey, you are a good writer. You really ought to you really ought to keep that up, right? And so um, I decided I wanted to go into a screenwriting program. And I applied to the screenwriting program for the master's at USC uh, and found out I was pregnant. And so USC would not defer my enrollment for the graduate screenwriting program. I know, huh? It's just like, wait, is that a is that a sexism thing? Is that a sex discrimination thing? Anyway, uh, and so I reapplied. And at that time, I applied to UCLA also because I wasn't guaranteed that I would get back in. So I applied to both USC and UCLA screenwriting, got into both. Uh, but so I decided, well, let me go across town, went to UCLA, got my master's in fine arts in the School of Theater, Film, and Television there with a screenwriting emphasis. Um, and then um, when I didn't sell like the hot screenplay right out of grad school, I worked uh, in the nonprofit sector, got a job there. And I spent a number of years in the nonprofit se sector, specifically in the area of sexual assault and domestic violence. I spent a lot of time working with young people in and around um, Los Angeles statewide in the state of California and actually nationally. Um, in working in what we called then uh, youth violence prevention. So I spent a lot of time doing that, wrote curriculum, did a lot of education, passed some policy, um, and um, realized that I wanted to, took some more years to figure out, oh, you know what, I really want to teach uh, at the university level. And somebody said, well, you know, you have to, you have to have a PhD to be able to do that. I was like, no, you don't. And I'm like, yeah, you do. Uh, so I back to school again, I went uh, and uh, this time returned back to the House of Trojan uh, and entered into the um, PhD program at the University of Southern California in Southern California in the School of Cinema and uh, the film and um, film. Uh, oh, my goodness. I went back to USC and joined the School of Cinematic Arts, which is not what it was called back then, but that's what it's called now. So the School of Cinematic Arts uh, in Film uh, and Television Studies. 
So I'm not in the production side of the film school, but in the studies side. Uh, and once I graduated from there with my PhD, I taught briefly at um, Loyola Marymount University in the film school there in the studies program. Last year, uh, an opportunity to become full-time faculty presented itself to me at Chapman University. And I thought, oh, gee, this could be interesting. I was always up for a, um, I'm always up for an opportunity to build and grow something or uh, take on something that could be exciting and new and challenging. Uh, and um, I said, well, let me, let me try this. And uh, just completed my first year. I teach in both the screenwriting program and in the studies program in Dodge. And, uh, um, and I'm enjoying being able to uh, offer class or teach classes that really speak to both the theory and the practice of our media arts. Thank you both to both of you for answering such a fully loaded question. I find it so fascinating how both of your backgrounds seem so different to me. How did you guys come together to start teaching a course, um, which, you know, for the audience, um, both Dr. Threat and Professor Aldridge are teaching unsung stories and new expressions in the fall of 2021. It's going to be a co-taught class, but I find it so interesting how both of you with different backgrounds have come together to create this class. So I... I want to start it off with Dr. Three. Can you tell us a little bit about how you guys decided to build this class? You know, I, this is a great question. And sometimes things happen um, not directly from the faculty members, which is a, a really great uh, way of, you know, we always just think like faculty members come up with an idea and they just run with it. Sometimes it's a really collaborative effort. And this is one of those really great uh, examples of it. Um, my understanding is that conversations started to happen between our Dodge College uh, faculty, particularly Associate Dean and our, and our um, the Dean's Office in Wilkinson College on how to partner together um, to offer a class to our students that kind of weds what Dodge was offering in media and film and the humanities and social sciences. Um, so this class actually was uh, was created out of that collaboration. And the idea behind this class was really um, to get students to think about how to tell stories in a variety of ways, how to tell, um, besides stories, history in a variety of ways. And the topic for the class actually rotates. So the, the title of the class remains the same, but this fall, our class topic and our class theme is on Black lives. And so it was also a natural extension on the work that a lot of people at Dodge were already doing in the last 18 months, and particularly the work that Wilkinson College was doing in their conversations on race and the year-long or 18-month-long series of programming on, um, on race uh, and racial matters. So that kind of collaboration came together kind of, um, you know, out of both college's interest in broadening uh, offerings to our students. And then I think both uh, Professor Aldridge and I were kind of tapped to, hey, would you guys be interested in offering and teaching this course for the first time in the fall? So I think it was prefaced in this way. This would be a really great experience for both of you um, to, uh, you know, be able to offer this to the students, given both of your backgrounds. Um, and I think I hopefully I'm not stretching this too far, but I, I like to think that for, for my sake, I um, as a historian, as a scholar, um, I work a lot with, with print and research and I go into the archives, but I'm always trying to figure out new ways of offering and uh, teaching students and also learning from them. How are they learning? How am I learning from them? And so I thought this would be a really great opportunity to do something that I would not naturally do on my own because I don't have a familiarity with it. But I think the skill set that Professor Aldridge is bringing to the table um, will offer me a lot of, of enriching ways to broaden my own research and writing and teaching skills as well. So I think for, for my side, that was what really drew me into um, saying yes to this opportunity and offering this course in the fall. That was a great summation of how this came into being. And and because it is a new class, we are uh, have a lot of freedom to be creative, which I find fantastic. 
Um, there are some things that we know that we definitely want to make sure that we accomplish in the course of uh, teaching this particular class. Um, we do want to in, um, enrich students' research skills, right? So we want students to not only develop the skills necessary to do primary research and use secondary research to uh, enrich their own work, whatever it is that they decide they want to do. Um, <clears throat> but we also wanted them to understand that for the purpose of storytelling, well, to know that history, and you'll forgive me, uh, Dr. Three, because I'm not a historian, but we understand that history is written, right? That there is a narrative that is associated with things that happened yesterday and before that. And uh, it doesn't really become history until we kind of articulate uh, the relationship between uh, different events and people and places in, in specific moments in time. And so that's a form of storytelling. And a lot of people don't really kind of think about it in that way, but it nevertheless is. Uh, and so we want students to have a, that particular kind of lens or be able to activate that particular kind of lens when they're thinking about storytelling and history, number one. Um, but also we wanted students to know that for the purposes of storytelling, you can find story content anywhere, right? That anything can become the kernel, if you will, or the spark for unfolding um, our, our, our knowledge about the past uh, and have it inform the present. Um, and that the more we're able to articulate those relationships and the dynamics between those different elements, uh, the deeper our understanding of who we are and who we were at any given moment in time. So like, for example, yesterday I read a, I just happened to read a story about lost African-American cemetery that was just discovered by some, uh, I want to say anthropologists. Yeah, right. It was, it was Columbus. No, I'm sorry. It was discovered by some anthropo by an anthropology professor. Oh, I may not have that right. But in, in it, nevertheless, it was just an article in a paper somewhere online or something about um, this, this grave site, this, this, I'm not, I'm sorry, uh, a cemetery for African-Americans that was abandoned somewhere in one of the Carolinas and it was overgrown and it was unkept and not all of the graves were marked. They used this ground penetrating um, sonar equipment and they think that there are probably close to 400 African-Americans buried in this unmarked cemetery. And I read that and I, in Dr. Three, I was like, I, I've got to email this to Dr. Three so we can use it for our class. <laughs> We have to add this to the class, right? Because it's those kinds of, of, I won't say discoveries, but awareness. When we come into awareness about something like that, that is forgotten, covered up, uh, dismissed, buried, quite literally, right? And, you know, you, you become aware of, of, of those incidences or those people, and then you become curious. We want to make sure that we're sparking curiosity in students also so that they want to uh, seek more information and more knowledge. And then I'm just thinking about the story. Well, there's the story behind the professor and his students that found this forgotten gravesite. Then there's the story of the townspeople who uh, kept the memory of this gravesite alive by oral history, right? Because it wasn't in any, any of the official records, but it was folks who had family members who from several generations back who may have been buried in that gravesite. And then there's the story of the people who were actually buried in that particular cemetery. So there's amazing storytelling potential associated with just that one article. And I'm really hoping, and, and, and I, I, I'm sure uh, Professor Dr. Threed is, is, is feeling similarly, that those kinds of, of coming into awareness, discoveries, if you will, will spark um, an interest in history, an interest in storytelling, an interest in researching that history, and sparking creativity of how to tell stories about those 
fun facts from the past. Yeah, the spark, if I could just add, the spark is is, is the key, right? We, uh, you know, sometimes, and again, as I'm a history professor, people are like, oh, history, there's numbers and facts you have to know. That's not necessarily what makes it interesting to people. And oftentimes I find it fascinating that people as adults or uh, later in their years, they're like, I love history. They come back to it because they finally realize the importance of the storytelling, the, the importance of what, what I call the history telling. Or uh, if you're in a different cultural setting, I have you know, f- friends who live in Hawaii, talk story. The ability to be able to relate to others around you, the lived and uh, just lived and unlived experiences, if you were, if we're talking about those who've passed, of, of those who resided there, those who have a connection to that space, the importance for um, community life, for society. Um, and what we lose when those stories, if, even if they're not written down, if they're not passed on orally, if they're not passed on in some form, what we don't know about those who have lived and experienced and inhibited the space in which we have some connection to, the importance of um, of that for, I think, every culture. It doesn't actually, you know, this is not reg- relegated to a certain culture or a certain society or community. Everybody has this need to tell a story, to tell history, to engage with those around them. Um, and that spark, uh, which we're hoping to create and hoping to have students really, uh, you know, run with it, is the ability to understand that there's so much we don't know about people and cultures and societies that that this is one yet one other way besides all the other classes they're taking that we're hoping to get them to think about and learn and understand the process of getting at some of these things that we don't know or that we only know a little bit about or that we have been completely misinformed about which is the other thing we want them to go oh you heard about x well go and investigate it go and research it go look in the archives go look in the newspaper see what you can find out about it i'm sure this professor uh heard from somebody in the community that there was an African-American grave and was like, really? I, I would never, what? And so he probably started digging and investigating and learning and really started to unfold the story. I suspect that's exactly what happened. It happens so often, uh, particularly in, in, in more recent years, we've, we keep getting these. Um, I'm always surprised when students tell me things like, I didn't know about the 1921 Tulsa massacre. What, you know, and I, of course, as a historian, I'm like, why didn't you know that? And I'm like, wait, no, we don't teach this in schools or students don't, you know, until they hear something possibly in alternate media, which is really one of the great things about this class that we're trying to get students to think about different ways of storytelling um, so that the audiences to these stories can be broadened. I know this is a new class and I know that you guys are kind of building the foundation of it still. But as an, someone new listening to the both of you, this class sounds so interesting. I wish I could take it. And I'm excited for the university to, to find a need for topics like this. And I think that we're really lucky to have the both of you teaching this course. I'm very excited for the students that have the privilege of taking it with the both of you. So I'm curious to know how you anticipate students engaging in these topics. Um, I know it's an important time. It's been, you know, quite a year and a half. So I'm curious to know how you are thinking students are going to engage and how you hope students will engage in these topics during class. So it's it's a funny question because only because um, you know we have we have we have outcomes for the class. I mean, at the at the at the base level, I hope students come into the class with an open mind, uh, come into class with a curiosity. Um, and an interest in working through and investigating some very interesting stories that they come across. The open mind thing is really particularly, and curiosity is really particularly important. Um, you know, it's it's a little bit of, of, of a different type of working environment than perhaps some students, not all, but some students will have engaged in before, because what we're not going to be doing is here is you're going to have an exam on these three theories. That's that's not what this class is about. This class is about 
how do you conduct research, primary and secondary research? How do you find the stories? And, and we say research because that's an academic term, but I think what Professor Aldrich had said, you know, how do you investigate things? How do you get tease out storylines? How do you, once you have a nugget, uh, a, a, what you think is a beginning of story, how do you broaden that story out? How do you support what you're, what you're um, what you're hoping to accomplish in telling that story, whether it be in print form, in in, uh, in visual form, you know, all kinds of different ways of doing it. So I think that skill set is what we're hoping to teach students. How do you go about investigating life? I, I don't think it's too broad to, to say that, but because we're focused on Black lives, I think, you know, our, not I think, but our topic, our theme for the semester is Black Lives. And as I probably started with, this is just an indicate, just to tell you that this course, this falls on Black Lives. The topic for next year's course, it is supposed to be offered every year, will actually change. So we're dedicated to Black Lives this fall. So how do you tell the story about Black Lives? What type of story do you tell about Black Lives? What is the theme? What is the topic? What is what is you know what is the the nugget that sparked you? Um, so that I keep saying research, but investigation I think is a, is a really important part. Um, I don't know if you want to add to that because it's it's a hard one because it is a new class. It is a tough one, and I think since there's I, at least in my research, I haven't really been able to uncover uh, a, a blueprint for how to do this particular kind of of, uh, of a course. So uh, that's the downside. The upside is, is that, you know, sky's the limit. So, uh, you know, I think that for me, my process has always been like, well, where do I think I want to end up? You know, where do I think that this class should uh, take students. And so Dr. Threep mentioned outcomes, right? So that, and the outcomes become a way for us to evaluate our success and the success of the students To We all agree that at the end of the semester, we will have achieved these outcomes, or we will have achieved these deliverables or what have you. And I think that we want, um, there are certain skills that we want students to uh, have developed Right. So we want them to know and understand what primary research is. We want them to know and understand what secondary research is. We want them to know and understand how to, you know, take care of your data, your different data sets, whatever those, however those manifest and what you just, what you, what you find in your inquiry. We want, so we want to, want to make sure that you, you know, you're taking good care of your data, whether it's in files or folders or index cards, however you're taking care of your, your stuff, we want to make sure that you um, uh, have a healthy appreciation and respect for that because they're all gifts to us, right? The, the, the artifacts that are left from the past, those are gifts to those of us living in the present moment. So we want to always be respectful of <clears throat> what was left behind. Um, and then we want students to develop a, a healthy a set of lenses by which they will interpret whatever it is that they discover from the past, right? So you pick up a, um, a, a piece of pottery or you pick up a comb or you, you find a, a, an old journal or you look at an old newspaper or you see an old flyer. All of these are some clue or a doorway into the past, right? So how will you interpret uh, um, what it is that you discover. Um, and so we want them to be able to build a context around. In screenwriting, we would call this world building in a manner of speaking, right? But they're, they're in order for them to really make meaning out of a flyer or a newspaper article or a, a hairbrush or a mirror or, or you know, a locket, something in order for them to make meaning out of it, that we want them to, well, what's the, what's the world around this? What's the context around this? And then they begin to tell the story, you know, well, it belonged to so-and-so it was created in this time. It was meant to encourage, you know, audiences to purchase or consumers to make purchases here or sell things there or come see a play, right? So it's like what they, there's a whole interpretive process that goes along with whatever it is that they um, latch onto and um, uh, and then go from there. So we want them to really, in, as Dr. Threep says, uh, be very, very curious, 
that is that is above uh, i i would have to say first and foremost you kind of have to go ooh what is that ooh what where did that come from ooh gosh what did people do with these things right so there you you kind of have to we and if you don't really have that and you're just taking the class because you need to you need to fill up that time in your schedule we're hoping that it will be fostered in you <laughs> Uh, should you come to the course with with that uh, kind of those kind that kind of a criteria, um, and so we want you to engage. We want students to engage with a level of a healthy level of curiosity, or at least develop that. We want them to be able to look at something and recognize that it had value, and then be able to interpret. Uh, put behind put behind some level of in, interpretation behind whatever it is, and be able to build a context or build a world around whatever that that entree point is into the past um, uh, in order to tell the story of that. Because otherwise, it's just a brush. Otherwise, it's just a coin. Otherwise, it's just a newspaper article, right? Um, it's just a date, right? It's, you know, uh, but un until June 19th, it's just a date. Until we are able to, for our purposes, assign some meaning to June 19th, Right. Uh, and so um, as we think about June 19th, um, <clears throat> which is a date that is fast approaching um, here in the United States, June 19th has particular kinds of resonance for all Americans, not just black Americans, but for all Americans um, uh, in terms of being a celebration uh, of the end, the official end of institutional slavery in the United States. Right. So, but other until we attach some meaning to it, it's just a date. Right. So we want them to be able to engage uh, with their data and their artifacts in those ways uh, and then interpret them, have them make meaning and then be able to articulate to others the meanings that they associate with those with that data and those artifacts. I mean, in a, in a lot of ways, students are going to another. I think what you're also getting at is that students are going to bring something of themselves in the work that they're going to be doing into the classroom and being able to recognize what you're bringing of yourself, but also what you're doing in terms of learning, um, what we hope you to, you hope to learn out of this process is also a really important thing to leave with. Um, because we all come with, with our, the way we think about the curiosities we have, it serves as part of the way we tell stories as well. Uh, and it can be a really important part of that, um, process. So, you know, we hope they are leaving by uh, having learned something about themselves in that regard. Chapman Chats is presented by the Chapman University Office of Admission. Have a topic you'd like to learn more about or a special guest you'd like to hear from? Email us at admit at chapman.edu. That's A-D-M-I-T at chapman.edu. Now, back to Chapman Chats. So I know you might still be building a syllabus, but do you have an idea of what um, projects or assignments might look like for this class? It's going to be a kind of a combination of a couple of different assignments. Our plan at this point, depending on the size of the class, and I, you know, um, the size is a decent size so far, uh, is to um, have students work uh, collaboratively within smaller groups to come up with a ultimate project. But um, individual assignments throughout the semester will focus on a kind of combination of, of focusing on those skill sets. So a project that, for, for example, forces them to, um, not forces, but gets them to or allows them to understand how to actively engage with primary sources. Um, it might be working, for example, Chapman University has um, purchased recently the Historic Black Newspapers collection from ProQuest. So for many students, this would be the first time they're, they're um, examining and reading through Black newspapers. So one assignment would be focusing on, on uh, getting students um, used to working with historic newspapers, but particularly historic Black newspapers uh, this semester. Um, reading through what stories are being written, how are people advertising, how are people, what are people, what are the new, what does the news of the day tell you about the communities and the, the life of those from the past? What could that, what resonance does that have for the present day? Um, in terms of secondary sources, you know, uh, getting students used to and comfortable with um, 
learning what other scholars and other um, investigators are um, how they're writing about, how they're talking about, how they are providing us with these stories. You know, what is it that they, how is it that they tell the story? Um, so understanding that that is an important part of the process. You are, we are all building on the work of others. So another assignment is focused on working with secondary sources. What can you get out of them? What is the methodology they offer to us? What are the arguments that those scholars and investigators provide for us? How do they tell the story? Um, what are the ways that you're thinking that the story needs to be changed or retold or expanded? Um, so I think that's another um, assignment. Um, ultimately, our final assignment is really looking at um, providing students the opportunity to build a small, very short podcast on the process of what they had been doing all semester within these smaller groups. So, you know, how do they go about researching the story? What is the story that they told? You know, what are the sources that are they're basing it on? Have they, you know, were they did they conduct interviews? You know, these are the things that we want students to kind of come away with. Um, not necessarily telling an individual individual history story, for example, or but the process of it. Um, I think that's what we were kind of thinking about right now. That you know that there are some a uh, few up in the air questions in terms of you know, altering one assignment small a little bit, but for the most part, um, really helping the students understand and be able to uh, improve their skill sets in the process of storytelling. Well, I, I also, the only thing that I would add to that is it's one of our challenges is when you are, it's a combination class or it's a collaborative class from two different colleges who have different um, orientations. And so what we have to settle on is um, outcomes or outcomes that are going to satisfy the needs of both of the colleges, right? And, you know, so this is, this is part of our ongoing conversations about, okay, well, and, and so that's why focusing on the process and the skill set development is so crucial for both of us, right? Because that is, a, the, that is, uh, paying attention to skills development and being able to document your process throughout the course of the semester uh, is incredibly valuable and something that both of the colleges um, rely very heavily on in terms of, you know, discipline and what it is that we do. Um, over in uh, screenwriting, uh, it is <clears throat> uh, difficult to evaluate people's creativity right? The kinds of creative outputs that they generate. You know, it's like, you know, if you're trying to review a movie or review a TV show or review an album or anything like that, you are um, making some kind of an evaluative judgment based on, you know, the aesthetics or um, the kind of quality of, of the content or the complexity of the content and what have you. And a lot of that can be very subjective, Right. And, you know, does the professor like my story or not? They just didn't like my story. So that's not really a helpful way to measure um, what we would want students to be able to take away from this class. So we're, we really want them to, I think that in addition to what Dr. Threed has mentioned, we want them to um, come away with a, a bit of a portfolio also, uh, a document that we will evaluate um, and that they will evaluate also that helps them look proudly at what they've accomplished over the course of the semester in terms of, oh, I learned how to do this. Oh, I learned how to do that. And then for screenwriting students or, or students, any, any of the students who want to go on to tell stories, they will now be able to take the blueprint from this course and apply that in some way, shape or form in the future um, uh, for other other work that they will do, whether they go into creative arts or they want to go into journalism or they want to go into business, they want to go into anything that they want to go into, that they have a method for themselves on how they can accomplish all of those, all of those things for themselves. Um, but it would be great if they, you know, for storytelling any, in any capacity um, that they certainly can be creative and, and free form and, and be imaginative and pull things out of the sky. Um, but where they will need to ground things in reality, some form of reality, that they know how to get there. 
we want to make sure that they know how to get there. So hopefully their portfolio will not only boost their own confidence and their ability to be able to do so, um, but also become a bit of a uh, treasure trove that they can go back to and say, oh, gosh, I discovered this at this moment in time. Let me go back to whatever that um, uh, and, and look, look at that resource um, and be able to utilize it in the future. And at the end of the day, what's really great about this program and the fact that it's a collaborative effort between Wilkinson College and Dodge College is the fact that students are going to be, our hope is uh, that we have, we'll have students from across the campus and colleges. We currently do have students from uh, registered for the class and, and various colleges, but there's skill sets from both college that, that are going to be able to broaden each of the students' um, treasure trove, each of the students' toolboxes, as you mentioned, Professor Aldridge, um, what they leave both the class with. But I would say, you know, at Chapman University, at the end of the day, what Chapman wants to do is to help students develop who they're going to be and the skill sets they're going to need to live in this world. And it doesn't matter what field you're in. If you're a business major, if you're an engineering student, if you're a chemistry student, if you're in the medical field, all of them have things that you have that you'll see in this course, skills that you have to build on, proof that you have to give people, reports you're going to have to write. You're going to have to just not write things that creatively, like you just, I just want to write, I just want to make this up. You're going to have to prove that you know those skill sets. And I think um, the skill sets that we're, we're hoping students leave in this portfolio, we're hoping they, they, they um, come away with, is going to help to build on those skills, like, you know, help them become, again, not if, not if, if not experts, um, confident in their ability to navigate the world um, and not worry about, uh, you know, not being able to understand how they need to go about doing some research or creating a story or uh, telling the story that they come across in uh, new and interesting ways. That another thing that I think that we want them, in addition to want them to take away from the course is, is that in addition to having a healthy curiosity about things, that they also know how to be probative. They know how to ask questions. They know how to uh, be able to discern the difference between opinion and fact, and that um, they know how to generate really good questions that are going to uh, uh, excavate, dig up, reveal um, certain truths, right? Uh, you know, we understand that there, oh gosh, and there was a study. And of course, I don't have that study right in front of me, but we heard it. There was a study out there that 35 or 40% of Americans couldn't tell the difference between opinion and fact uh, when watching local news or evening news, those kinds of things. And I feel like um, we want our students, and certainly I think that Chapman is, I think Chapman would double down on this that for students to be able to discern the difference between um, something that is truth or fact-based, something that is propagandistic, um, <clears throat> and then to be able to ask the right questions that will help tease out those differences, right? Um, and continue to grow their own ability to ask good questions questions. Asking good questions is kind of important, particularly if you're going to, if you're, if you're, if you have to, if you have to write reports, if you have to uh, write screenplays, if you have to, um, um, you know, kind of justify why you made certain decisions and going left instead of going right or whatever it is that they have to be able to ask the questions like, but why did I do that? But why did this happen? But then, and, and drill down until they have, they have uh, reached, um, uh, 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 where they have reached a truth that they feel that they can really stand solidly behind and support. These qualities that both of you have mentioned, being curious, asking questions, knowing opinion versus fact, these are qualities that our audience should know now. These are good qualities to take into a lot of classes. But one like this, I think, is where if you do come in with qualities like this, you're going to take out a lot more from the course. Um, with that said, to come full circle, I would like to hear from both of you on this question, and that's what are you most excited for about this course, about teaching this course, co-teaching it? 
I have to say, I have to go back to what I started with, which is how this course came to be. So personally, first and foremost, I'm extremely excited to work with Professor Aldridge, largely because I, I, I am so dumbfounded by the immensity and amazingness of her. Um, and I don't mean that tongue in cheek. I mean the fact that they, I think I'm going to learn so much from her as a colleague, as another professional, as somebody who has a different skill set from me um, that is going to teach me so many new and different ways of, of being in my profession. Um, on the flip side of this, for my students, I'm really excited that we have this opportunity to offer a course like this to our students. I think it's a um, it's a class that we that you don't often see, and that it's that if you do see it, it's not often a collaborative class. Um, it's sometimes housed in one uh, college, one department, and so it could be only if, if you're only taking this this class in this department in college, that's the only way you know about it, or unless people are talking about it. So I think by um, the fact that it is cross-listed to start off with, this offers a way to get students who are across the campus and very very different, bringing with them very different. Um, backgrounds and interest. You know, somebody from Dodge may be taking it as part of his, his or her Dodge program, um, but get something out of it that they would not have gotten if they had not taken a class that was ever in Wilkinson College. Somebody from the sciences would come over and say, oh, I, I my science course load is so restrictive that I didn't think I'd be able to take anything um, that would be an offer from Dodge or, or um, Wilkinson. And all of a sudden I have this class that has both of these opportunities. So I think I'm really interested in seeing ultimately the end results from the students themselves. Students are, the students that I've come across at Chapman are very curious about the world. I like to say that I'm nosy. I'm so curious as part of my nosiness to begin with as a historian, which is why I'm a historian. I'm super nosy. And um, students amaze me every single day in the classroom with uh, just the way they see the world and the things they bring to me and the way that they help me understand and uh, have changed even what I'm doing in my own work as well. So that the other part of this, of course, is seeing the product from the students. I wish you had come to me first because I wanted to say that I'm looking forward to learning so much from Dr. Three. I'm just like, I am so excited about working collegially with Dr. Three. Um, I'm expecting to, I'm like taking notes. I'm like, okay, okay. Oh, she did. Oh, she used that. Oh my gosh. I could, where did you get that from? Oh, here, let me write that down too. So I'm looking forward to learning a lot from, um, um, the historian over there. Uh, and just, just so far in getting to know Dr. Three, just what just really, uh, strikes me who she just really strikes me as a great, just a great person and warm and, and disarming and, uh, um, uh, gentle, like you don't, you know, you don't know that cool. No problem. Let's help you. Let's facilitate a process where you do come into knowledge. So I love that. I'm excited about that. And I'm really looking forward to having more of that kind of experience. Equally, I, there's so much out there in the world to know. There's no way that we can possibly know it all. So the students then become these great repositories for additional information and learning and 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 discovery, so to speak, uh, to, to to coin a phrase, right? So I I am excited about the learning journey. I am always like, ooh, that's I'm just open to what it is that we're going to um, encounter over the course of our learning journey for in the fall semester. And I think what I look forward to is the the aha moments or the light bulb going off moments with students where. Um, you know, it's like, okay, I teach film classes or TV classes, and the first time I get to show a favorite film of mine or a, a film that I think is important or a television show or series that I think is important or good for whatever reason to a group of students and they've never heard of it before. They didn't know about these, these performers or they didn't know about, um, they never knew these kinds of stories existed or whatever. And then they just, they're kind of like, wow, if they're blown away by it. I love those moments. I love, love, love those moments when um, uh, students have <gasps> discoveries, you know, or the light bulbs go off. Um, 
I, I, I taught a class um, a number of years ago where I, uh, I showed some students um, a documentary um, uh, about um, swankas, which are these um, uh, male um, fashion, like, like they're like fashionistas, right? They're, they dress very, very natty dressers. And it's a practice that happens all along um, the continent in various, various, various uh, sub-Saharan African countries, um, certainly in the Congo, South Africa, they're either Swankas or they're Sapurs. Um, they're just fancy dressers, very fancy dressers. So it's a documentary called The Swankas from like 2004. And it was about this group of men who swank. They, they you know, on Friday, on Saturday nights, they get together in their fanciest clothes and um, outpose and outmodel and outperform each other. And I had students who sat, who watched that movie, and, and these were like film production majors. And uh, the guy, when I would see them in the halls afterwards, like, you know, semesters later, they would see me in the halls and they would start posing like the guys in the swank, like in the movies, right? And I'm just like, yes. My, you know, my, my, my task here is complete, right? It's about exposing you to something different. It's about uh, giving you another frame of reference to understand the world. Uh, and when I see students connecting with the content, I, I just, I just live for that. I just want to create the space for that discovery to happen. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to um, hearing what the students uncover or discover uh, and exploring their excitedness and their passion with the kinds of things that they encounter. Like, you know, yesterday reading the article about, you know, the, the abandoned African-American cemetery in, in the Carolinas. I was like, what? Oh my gosh. How do people not know that this exists? I've got to tell Dr. Three. You know, it's just like you, you're so bursting and excited about it that you've got to tell other people about it. And so that that's that's also part of that aha is that you take it on and you take it in and you internalize it and then you have to share it with someone else. Those are the moments I live for. I am really excited for the both of you to teach this class. I really want to check back with you guys in, in December once, you know, we've had a full semester and I want to, you know, see how it's going and everything like that. I wish I could take the course. I find such amazing chemistry between the both of you. And I think that this is just a dream team. And I'm super excited that this course is being offered. But again, I want to thank both of you so much for taking the time to join me today. For our audience, Professor Aldridge is on a road trip. She's on a different... Um, I'm doing research. I'm yeah. doing research, as a matter of fact. And, and as a matter of fact, I have a couple by next three days or so, I will drop down and um, hit Tulsa, Oklahoma. So when we think at the hundredth anniversary, it's like, okay, you got to go see it. Talk about primary research. So you're conducting research. It just goes to show me again, I graduated from Chapman a few years ago, how much there is to learn from our faculty and how amazing you guys are and truly how lucky our students are to be taught by such amazing women. So I'm really excited for them. Um, and I'm excited for this episode to be released. So thank you so much for everyone out there listening to Chapman Chats. Make sure to connect with us and check out all of our opportunities that we are offering now to discover Chapman. Thank you, Dr. Three and Professor Aldridge. And have a great day, everyone. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into Chapman Chats. Visit chapman.edu to explore degrees and programs, schedule a virtual tour, or even attend an information session. Need guidance throughout the application process? Be sure to connect with your admission counselor. We're here to help. We'll see you next time.